Hello and welcome to the Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Rupert McConnick, founder and EP at Seville Productions. Today, we're interviewing Bruce Bilston, Executive Creative Director at Best Buy. Welcome, Bruce. How are you? I am great, and I'm glad to be here. Lovely. Um, and <laughs> you're very rested after your holiday, so you, you lucky thing. So, um, so Bruce, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and, and how you ended up uh, driving you know, Best Buy, and, and uh, you know, a little bit about your background would be wonderful. Well, uh, I'm probably a little unusual. I'm from the agency world, but I spent almost my entire career at one agency. Imagine that. So I spent 25 years at Fallon. Uh, I was there almost from the beginning, employee number 19. Uh, And, you know, for most of those 25 years, there was a little lapse where I started my own agency and they lured me back. Uh, but it was a great, great creative agency. So for, you know, not all the years, but most of the years. So it was a special place and and I just stayed. And right. I was a writer there and then uh, a creative director uh, for most of my career. Uh, and then I, I left um, and I became actually a partner in a 156-year-old woolen mill, which might seem like a distraction. And then my old friends BMW called me up and asked myself and uh, a producer who I'd worked on BMW films with, Brian DiLorenzo, and uh, a key creative, David Carter, uh, if we'd be interested in doing a 15th anniversary BMW film. So I took a a year and did that. And it was amazing uh, to do that, obviously, you know, to bring Clive back to do, you know, a big budget, uh, real piece of entertainment. Uh, But as a result of that, uh, I I learned something because uh, Brian and David and I really just had two other producers in our team. And then some other people that joined us, um, you know, for for bits and pieces, but generally, the five of us did this entire project directly for a client, uh, and it was super efficient. We knew how to do it, and you know, we we partnered with, uh, uh, you know, the pr- production company uh, who had done it the first time around with Steve Golan at Anonymous, uh, but just five of us did it, and it made me think, wow, you can do things really efficiently when you go directly. Um, so when Best Buy, which is based here in Minneapolis, where I live, uh, called, I was very open to doing the in-house thing. Uh, it, it felt like, um, I, I, I realized I could be closer to the brand and, and, and actually be more efficient and, and build a team that could be just as good as at an agency. So I'm now at Best Buy. I've been here about four and a half years and, uh, I really enjoy it. We've been doing some good things. Wonderful. So, so how have brands changed how they approach brand purpose, you know, early in your, your career compared to now? Obviously, it's a flavor of the month brand purpose now, but it's been something that's been around for a long time. Well, I mean, honestly, I go back and I think, I mean, I, it just felt like for most of my career, I was just selling things. Um, you know, brands had purpose, but it wasn't at the forefront. You know, for BMW, which again, I was, you know, I worked with them for 12 years and got 
very close with them. They were focused around driving, driving safety, driving education. Uh, doesn't sound particularly high-minded, but it's certainly aligned with the products that they made. Um, but And so we did some efforts around that. For example, we started uh, a teen driving school, which still exists today called Street Survival, where kids learn more than just how to parallel park a car. They actually learn what happens when a deer runs out in front of your car at 70 miles an hour. And they got to go on a on a track with an instructor and learn learn things that could save their lives. But, you know, that's one example in the past. But, you know, I go back and I think about most of my clients um, and it was really much more focused on, on selling products. Uh, and brand purpose now is at the forefront for so many brands. And it certainly is here at Best Buy. Wonderful. Best Buy wants to enrich lives through technology. What, what differences, what different causes does Best Buy support? And how does this inform Best Buy's initiatives? You know, when I first got here, one of the first things I learned about was how they were bringing that to life. And I so admired how focused they were. And if you think about enriching lives through technology, the biggest issue that we have today is access to technology. It's just not equal. And there are so many disinvested communities where, where basically kids don't have access to computers or drones or learning how to code or music production. All of these things that are far more accessible in more affluent communities. And so they created something called Team Tech Centers, and they're just amazing. There's uh, going to soon be over 100 of them across the United States. In about a year, that will be at 100. They place them, again, in, in communities where, where teens really focused on, you know, that high school age teens where they're really forming their futures and giving them access to all kinds of technology. They put them in existing, generally in existing community centers. So places that kids are already used to coming, boys and girls clubs, community centers, places within their communities. And we, we create new spaces, rent, rent space, and then fill it with all the kind of technology that kids don't have access to. But more importantly, mentorship. So they recruit people that understand technology, but more importantly, they understand kids. They understand mentorship. So the kids can come in after school. They can come in all summer and they can learn anything. They can, you know, in, in a year, they can be a music producer, you know, because they've got access to all the tools and they've got a mentor that's helping them. They can learn the code. They can learn robotics. They can um learn how to create digital art you know using an oculus headset so they can learn photography or cinematography so it is really amazing and i applaud that best buy is so focused on that and and literally uh we do other things in the community in the broader world but that's our laser focus wonderful what kind of communities are they are they in in uh, inner cities or rural or is it particular well, it's, it's really started, it's interesting you, you say that, because it really is, you know, it's been focused in in, in urban areas where the populations of, of, of students not having access are more concentrated in pockets. But I think in the future, it will, it'll go out into more rural areas. 
But right now they're able to reach the most kids and have the most impact by going where those population pockets are of kids that just don't have any access to this stuff. And I mean, it's not really the digital divide because it's in inner cities, obviously the, the, <laughs> they, they, they've got, you know, 5G and so on, but um, it's more just access to actually the education is what you're saying, right? It's, it's the access to the, to the education, you know, obviously uh, internet access is, is broader. I mean, people have phones, but, you know, to have a, a state-of-the-art laptop, yeah. you know, to understand, to have the best software, to have all the, the Adobe Creative Suite, you know, to have all the music production software, to have, you know, the latest Canon and Nikon and Sony cameras, to have uh, mixing boards, you know, drones, robotics, you can learn to code, you know, that's what they don't, it's the stuff and it's the mentorship. It's the tech. And then no, that's interesting. And is it more, is it to sort of open up people to careers in STEM or creative things like oh, music you mentioned? It, both. It, it can lead into all kinds of places. It, you know, there's, um, we've just done a series of, uh, of short films about some, three of the students around the country that we're working with. And in some cases, uh, it's a woman who's who's really interested in spoken word, but technology is allowing her to, you know, to do what we're doing today, to learn how to podcast, to learn how to broadcast her, her spoken word as well. So it can lead to a lot of places, very STEM-oriented, but to also some very creative ventures. You know, as you know, coming from the production world, we're all a bunch of misfits in it, right? People come from all, all over the world, all kinds of walks of life to enter the world of production. And you get a chance to, uh, you know, it, sometimes it's just that access to technology and mentorship. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of the key. And it, do you focus on particular groups like I don't know, refugees, for example? And I mean, um, I know there's a big. You know, it, it's it's really um, you know it's 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 really crosses. Um, actually, there's a lot of, of 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 refugees in some of these communities. So yes, uh, but it's just wherever kids just don't have the money and don't have the resources. You know, they can be PIPOC, they can be Latinx communities, they can be, they can be, you know, any any kinds of communities. And 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 you know, when you go into our teen tech centers, one thing you'll say for sure is they're super diverse. They're diverse in terms right. of mentors. The kids are coming from all kinds of walks of life. You know, there's a lot of kids from the LGBTQ, you know, community uh, that are looking for a place that's welcoming to them. Uh, so it's also, it's not just the technology and the mentorship, but it's the community that we build in these places is really important. And how do you find the mentors, the, the people who are teaching them all this? Oh, you know what? It, it's amazing. They are so driven. There's a purpose. They realize that what they do makes makes a difference so you know this is not like a minimum wage job it's not oh i'm i'm punching a clock to you know to to make make a little money these are people that are coming they want to work with kids is is kind of the first prerequisite the technical ability uh is is a byproduct of that and and, and sometimes we can train that as well uh, we also have very strong um, relationship with the brands that we represent at Best Buy. If you think about it, we're representing the best technology brands throughout the world, and they are all in on this. Uh, so not only is it 
you know, the money, the resources that we free up, but but they look at this and go, yeah, we want in. And in some cases, there are certain ones where they'll they'll uh, one of our brands is saying we want to we want to completely underwrite um, one of these centers and and really focus it. You know, for example, there's one in New York that Canon is completely focusing. Again, we're offering all the technology, but but it's really important to them. We also are increasingly getting really notable people who are coming in and, and want to, you know, lend their, this is, this aligns with my foundation. This aligns with my mission. So athletes and entertainers, and I'm not going to mention any right now because I i don't want to mess it up and, and forget somebody, but they're kind of, they're looking at this and going, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. So, um, you know, they're investing and they're investing their, you know, their funds from their foundation, but their time and their names to it as well. Wonderful. And, and does Best Buy have a long tradition of supporting I don't know, LGBTQ or refugees or is this a um, new? Well, I wouldn't say it's a long history, but I'll, I'll, I'll say that this is a company that, that cares, you know, wow. and, and it's driven by values from the top. And I felt that from the beginning, you know, when I walked in the door. Um, I've only been here five years, so it's hard for me to speak to the to the longer history, but I can tell you it's absolutely true right now. Great. That's wonderful. So, so some companies like Patagonia are, are well known for their purpose work on, on one issue, whereas other companies like Visa look to support a, a wide range of issues. Um, where does Best Buy fall on that spectrum? Are you laser focused on this particular initiative or are there other things that are important? Well, we certainly support other things, but I, I think that there is a, a special focus on, on this access to technology. And that's what I love is that I think when you, when a company really focuses, they can, they can do more. All of a sudden their efforts get multiplied. Like for example, you know, when I talked about how our vendors and, and, and all these notable people are, are, are jumping in, that happens the more that you focus. But the teen tech centers actually were born only a year or two before I started here. So it's fairly new. So if you look at Patagonia, I mean, it's been almost from day one, you know, with Dion Chouinard and his his focus on the environment and being a privately owned company and being able to do to really focus on that. So for us, if, if anything, the awareness is low and it's not the awareness in terms of us beating our own chess, I mean, although obviously it's really important to people that brands have purpose and that does help brand love and, and in turn sales. But, you know, the awareness also just helps us again with that multiplier effect, you know, and getting more people to say, hey, we need one here or we want to help and, and, and participate in it. It's a little like the uh, the NPR pledge drive, you know, those matching funds help it go even further. Wonderful. So, so tell us about changing gears. Tell us about your experience creating the BMW films and what it taught you about sponsored entertainment. Well, um, that goes way back, as you know, Rupert, <laughs> the <laughs> early, early 2000s, as we like to say, there was no YouTube, so we had to invent our own. I was really fortunate to be in the ground floor with some incredible people and some really brave forward thinking clients that, that wanted us to really push it. Uh, and um, it was, a, it was a really special life-changing experience. 
at that time, Fallon was was a truly great, great agency hitting on hitting on all cylinders, I'd like to say, pardon the pun. Uh, but, you know, where, you know, we believed we could do anything, you know, um, let's go for it. Let's try it. But as I said, we also had clients that were really brave, you know, um, the the uh, the VP of marketing at that time, Jim McDowell and his team were just brilliant. And they they pushed us. They wanted us to just bring them something, something really brave. But what it really I think that the big takeaway was was honestly, um, I mean, and there's a whole story about how it came to be, uh, how it effective it was. But when I get down to the actual storytelling, I think what made BMW Films so special and so unique is that we made it about the entertainment. Um, The phrase was, the car is just another actor in this film. It never felt like a commercial. The car was natural. Of course, Clive Owen would drive a BMW M5. Why wouldn't he? It was just natural, but we never had to show any features. We never, we could blow up the cars. We could shoot them up. It just was a, a natural character in it. So as I look at at so much, um, you know, brand um, related entertainment, I think where it, it often goes wrong is it gets too heavy handed. You know, it becomes an, a long form ad. And that was something that we, we just didn't do. It was entertainment first and foremost. Which I think is, you hit the nail on the head, it's the key now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's read the Ogilvy book, the brand has to be the hero, but now it's what the audience is interested in has to be the hero. Well, they simply won't watch it. You know, that's what we're learning. Absolutely. I mean, there's that phrase, seek out. I mean, you yeah. just you just need to reward them. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I use, you know, there's a lot of, of 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 brand sponsored entertainment that I just seek out as entertainment. I'm a I'm a big outdoorsy person, and I love uh, you know skiing and cycling and and all kinds of things extreme. And so you you cited Patagonia earlier. I watch a ton of their content, you know, because it really interests me, and it's pure. It's great documentary or entertaining content. You know, there are other brands like Yeti, the cooler the overpriced cooler company that just does amazing content. And they're, you know, I, I look at that as entertainment. So that's, you know, I think about what do I seek out and, and I, I seek out, you know, uh, pure entertainment that is just naturally aligned to a brand. It's, it's natural that they're sponsoring that kind of entertainment, but, but it's never handy, ever heavy handed or forced. Yeah, it has to be subtle because otherwise it backfires, right? Which moves me on to the next question. How how has marketing gone beyond commercials and traditional advertising? Well, I mean, there's just so many so many avenues right now. I mean, obviously the you know the the I mean the 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 big word of the day now is is influencers. Um, and I, obviously there's some, some really awful influencer (laughs) work out there that feels worse than the advertising that, that preceded it. But there's also some where it's supernatural and it feels like, um, that truly aligns with the brand that should be the person that I, that person and this brand fit together. And I don't feel like I'm being sold. It's, it's just a natural fit. So I, you know, 
I mean, when, if I think about it, Best Buy, there's we're investing more in that type of work, but it's my goal to make it again really align with the brand. Right, wonderful. So, talking of social media, social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram seem to be growing increasingly divisive. How can we as marketers use brand purpose to bring people together instead of dividing? Oh, that's a that's a good answer or a good question. And I, I wish I had the answer. Um, you know, interestingly, um, a lot of brands are, um, you know, um, taking on causes and purpose. And, and, you know, again, we'll go back to Patagonia and their environmental causes. There's a half of our country that that, that probably won't wear that brand because of that. You know, it, it's, it's like here they are finding a purpose and advocating for that that thing. And yet that in turn, ironically, is divisive. Uh, I look at our own company and we take we take very strong stands on um, LGBTQ plus uh, causes. Um, and I think that causes that that hurts us some customers. Um, I guess the answer actually, Rupert, is, 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 is would be for a brand to look and specifically create uh, something around something, uh, a cause that can unite us. But it's almost like you need to be very purposeful in that. I have a, a friend who's a congressman uh, here in Minnesota, who is very active uh, in, a, in a group of, uh, he, he's a Democrat, but he's trying to bring both sides together. And now I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the uh, organization, I should remember it. But uh, it's really interesting there that he's deliberately trying to find what are things that can bring us together across the aisle. And so he and is working with uh, he and other Democrats are working with Republicans to you know to bring people together. So perhaps there's a there's a company or a brand that can can look at a clause like that and support it. I'm not sure. It's a difficult question. It's a challenge. It's out down to Facebook and Instagram algorithms almost, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it just it just amplifies everything to yeah. such a degree. And that's the good thing about social media is they can out brands if brands don't behave well. But the bad side is that it can also be programmed to do whatever you want, which is partly what's the problem in the world, right? Exactly. Um, so, so in summary, what advice would you give to people who are looking to implement purpose in their brand? Um, well, I I would say look actually using Best Buy as an example. I would look for. Look for a look for a, a purpose that aligns with your brand. You know, it. I think it's going to give you more credibility, and it's also going to give you more influence. You can make if it's related to what you do, um, whether it's the environment or, in our case, uh, access to technology, and you know, it it actually is related to the business you do. You're going to have an outsized influence there. It's also, on the other hand, going to resonate more with consumers. You know, it's really all about brand love, about making a brand that people feel good about, that you feel has the same values. Um, and so I think if it's closer aligned to, to what the brand does, it has more credibility. 
Uh, the other thing is focus. I mean, brands have to do more than, you know, just one thing, but we are pretty laser focused on, on, on this access to technology um, and, and make that the bulk of our, our, our efforts. And I, I think that that just, again, gives you an, an amplification effect as, as well. No, I, th I think a focus is always the key. I think you're absolutely right. And it has to be something that you guys you know, have a history of doing. So that's always important. If you're... And also focus over time. It takes yeah. time to build this, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, it takes time to build it. As we all know, in, in the world of advertising, you know, brands, clients, agencies, we're all too fast to jump to the next thing, you know, before our audiences, before consumers have, have really caught up with us. You know, and and so having focus over time is also important. Yeah, I absolutely, I completely agree. It's and also everyone's in advertising. Everyone's thinking about the campaign for the next quarter, right? Exactly. And they're doing all that, and they're not stepping back and going, "Well, what's the bigger thing?" You know, that's always the challenge. So cool. Well, well, thank you very much. It's been wonderful. Um, thank you for joining our podcast, and thank you again for your time. Thank you, Rupert. I was just glad to be part of this. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. Learn more about Seville Productions and our work in the purpose and sponsored entertainment space at www.sevilleproductions.com. Next week, we'll be interviewing Mike Cesario, CEO and co-founder of Liquid Death.